New York Ranger hockey is upon us. We celebrate by laying out some of the things that the Rangers must do to be a championship team this season. Also going to throw out some bold predictions involving players like Capo Caco, Igor Shesterkin, and some of the other young players on this team. All this and much more on the final preseason episode of Locked On New York Rangers. <laughs> Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 917 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And we are, of course, part of the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. So wanted to go ahead, just uh, dive into this list here. Basically, I wrote down uh, a couple of things or, or several things, rather, that the Rangers, I feel, must do quite a bit better this upcoming season if they are to be a championship team, a championship contender. One of the final few team standings, hopefully the last team standing, and we get a championship celebration at the end of this upcoming season. A um, couple of things, and, and like I said, we'll just dive into it right now. Also going to eventually work our way to some bold predictions involving some of the players that I just mentioned a minute ago in the intro. But as far as things that I feel the Rangers must do better for this upcoming season, we're going to start with line combinations, and more specifically, figuring out said line combinations. Now, obviously, it's an 82-game season. I don't expect the Rangers to have the same 12 forwards in the exact same 12 spots every single game, every single night. Same thing with the defensemen, the goalies and whatnot. Uh, there's obviously going to be some injuries. There's going to be times where you just need to mix things up a little bit. But I feel like last year under Gerard Gallant, and he didn't really do this his first year, I didn't think. But last year, it just got a little out of control with the constant uh, shuffling of the deck, the constant line changes. It gets to a point where, you know, I talked about this in a recent episode too, but you see uh, some of the Ranger beat writers, they, they post the line combinations and, you just see, okay, this guy went from the first line to the third line, and this guy went from the fourth line to the second line, and you kind of just, like, get desensitized to it. It's just like, sure, why not? Well, let's give this a shot and see what works here. And that's kind of the feeling that I had, and, and some of you probably, you know, shared that with me toward the end of last season is, you know, that they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And it, it got to a point where nothing was sticking. They were constantly realigning everything. And again, I don't expect the Rangers to never – mix and match their lines. If you're going through like a scoring drought or you're just not playing well, or, you know, maybe things are going well, but you know, this guy in the second line is struggling a little bit. And this guy in the third line is, is playing well. And you want to flip flop them. Go ahead. That's fine. Um, but I'm just hoping that you know, if the Rangers are fortunate enough and, and play well enough to get into the playoffs this year, by the time we get to that part of the season, let's have this figured out. I don't want to see the Rangers constantly juggling and, and doing all this random stuff. Uh, you know, the last few games of the regular season and then also into the postseason. Let's solidify everything. Let's figure out what works. Um, you know, the preseason obviously is a good time to experiment. The Rangers have clearly done that with all the different uh, deep pairings and line combinations. But at a certain point, you got to figure this out. You got to know what works best. And you got to say, okay, this is our team. This is how we're lining up. And we're coming right at you. So um, hopefully uh, the Rangers do that sooner rather than later. You know what? Even if it bleeds into the regular season a little bit, I'll at least accept that. But by the time we're getting to like game 10, let's have a, a firm lineup and a firm idea of what we're doing and uh, who's playing with who. I, I do hope that happens this season. Something else 
the Rangers must do to be a championship team. This one's a little bit more player-specific. We're going to focus on Artemi Panarin. Uh, Artemi Panarin must have a strong showing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, the Rangers, once again, have to get there first. They got to earn it just like every team has to earn it every single season. But if they do make it, uh, their most talented player, their best player, one of their leaders, yeah, he's got to be one of the absolute best players on the ice. Uh, you know, we've seen teams, you know, go down different paths to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, every now and then you, you'll have a goaltender that puts on a clinic or you might have a line that catches fire or you might have a, a player that maybe he's like a third liner and out of nowhere, he, he just starts scoring left and right. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to win the Stanley Cup, you know, great special teams. But I do feel like at a certain point, if you're going to get through four rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs and win all four of them, at a certain point, your best players just have to be your best players, and the Rangers need that from Artemi Panarin. We know the story last year, only the two assists in the seven-game series against the Devils. Um, but as I've said in the past, too, it's not like Artemi Panarin has never had any success uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs at any point in his career. The, the season before with the Rangers, you know, an uneven playoff showing for, for Panarin the year that they went to the conference final. He was making those no-look-behind-the-back passes to nobody and turning the puck over at times, but he did still end up with the iconic Game 7 overtime winner, and he did still end up with 16 points in 20 games. So he obviously had his moments there, and he has also delivered at other stops in his career with Columbus in the playoffs and then also with the Blackhawks in the playoffs. With Columbus, uh, he was on fire that series that they swept the Lightning. So uh, he's obviously got it in him. I, I feel like there's times where with the Rangers, he's just gripping his stick a little too tightly, maybe overthinking things and just not playing uh, instinctive and fun hockey. Uh, the way that he's known for for doing it. But yeah, man, I mean, if, if the Rangers are going to win it all, um, it's cliche or not, you need your best players to be your best players. And Artemi Panarin is going to have to figure out a way to get it done in the playoffs uh, this upcoming season. Something else I want to throw out there, this is kind of a continuation of what the Rangers have been doing. Unlike most of the things on this list, this is one that the Rangers are very good at, but it needs to continue to be the case. And that's going to be the special teams must continue to be elite. Uh, the Rangers over the past, handful of seasons have been very good when it comes to both the power play and the penalty kill. If you combine all the stats from the last two seasons, the Rangers are fourth in the league on the power play. They have succeeded at 24.6% of their opportunities. It's obviously very good. Uh, only the Oilers, Leafs, and Lightning have done better than the Rangers in that department. And then for the penalty kill, they're number seven in the league in the last two seasons combined at 81.7%. And as far as the teams ahead of them, it's only the Canes, from best to, to worst. Uh, Canes, Bruins, Sharks, Islanders, Flames, and Leafs, and then finally the Rangers at number seven. So they've done very well in those departments, but I know it's preseason hockey, and you know you take it with a grain of salt, and as soon as the regular season starts, none of us are even going to think about the preseason again. But be that as it may, rough showing for most special teams units uh, in the preseason this year. Uh, the Devils ended up with like three power play goals against the Rangers the one night. And the Ranger power play, if I'm not mistaken, went one for 21 uh, in the preseason here. And of course, they didn't have their A lineup for all the games, but they had their A lineup for some of the games. Would have been nice to see the Rangers do a little bit better uh, on special teams. But obviously, you keep your fingers crossed that it's just a case of it's the preseason. It is what it is. People aren't going full bore, and they can get it figured out uh, once the regular season begins here. Hopefully, that will indeed be the case. Um, another thing that the Rangers must do to be a championship caliber team. Igor Shesterkin has to be, I would say, bare minimum top three goalie in the league. I think he's got to be like a Vesna finalist. We know there are times where the Rangers uh, over-rely on Igor Shesterkin, and hopefully they can correct that a little bit under a demanding coach in Peter LaViolette. 
but I, I do think goaltending is big in the playoffs. I know there's a debate both ways. It, it feels like you're either uh, with me on, on the side of goaltending is huge or you're on the other extreme where, you know, obviously your, your goalie has to play well, but it, it's more about the team around him. To me, uh, goalies will just always be the ultimate X factor come playoff time. And I think Igor Shesterkin, you know, he was awesome last year. He had a great season, but it was just a far cry of what he did the season before that. And I'm not going to hold Igor Shesterkin uh, for the rest of his career to the standard of what he did two seasons ago because he just had an absolutely unreal campaign that year. Uh, obviously, won the Vesna in a landslide. Uh, was one of the finalists for the Hart Trophy as well that season. And, and to just look at his stats from two years ago, just to refresh this and just look at um, truly how crazy it actually was. Two years ago, Igor Sesterkin goes 36, 13, and four, a goals against average of 2.07, and a save percentage of 935. Just unreal numbers from an unreal goalie. And uh, yeah, to me, like, I mean, their best chance in the playoffs, like I said, Goes back to the best players having to be the best players. Igor Shesterkin uh, needs to just be the man. He, he needs to pick his team up whenever they let him down and just give you that feeling that I think we usually have. We had it last year for the most part last year, other than maybe a couple games where he was struggling. But just have that feeling that, like, it's okay. Igor's here. It's okay for us to feel that way. I don't want the rest of the Ranger team feeling that way, that he can bail them out every single time. But there is a certain, like, calming feeling as a fan when you know that you've got an elite goalie and you've got somebody that can bail you out if a mistake is made and you've got somebody that you just always feel like this guy is better than whoever is standing in the other net on the other side of the rink. And that's just how I feel about Igor Shesterkin. And uh, like I said, he's going to have to have another fantastic elite season and hopefully postseason if the Rangers are going to uh, get to where they want to go. But this kind of leads me into my next one. Igor can't do it alone. Obviously, he needs some help. And uh, one thing that the Rangers, I feel, have to do better than they've done in recent seasons is defending the front of their net. Uh, this is one of those things that's kind of hard to quantify. There, there's not really like a stat for it, but just kind of using the eye test, it feels like there are times where opposing teams, their players, their forwards, whoever it might be, they're just way too comfortable basically setting up shop in front of the Ranger net, just kind of hanging out in the crease, maybe the puck's behind the net or something, and somebody's just hanging out in front of the Ranger net and nobody's really you know, paying all that close of attention to him. Uh, nobody's really making him feel that uncomfortable. I'd like to see the Ranger defenseman get a little bit better at clearing guys out of there. And you can't do to players now what you were able to do to players, say, like 20 years ago, or maybe even as recent as like 15 years ago, uh, when they're in your crease. It used to be basically open season. Like an opposing team, or an opposing player, rather, that sets up shop in your crease you used to be able to do like anything. I mean, I mean, you could, you could, uh, you know, spear him basically. You cross check him. It was pretty much fair game. If there wasn't blood, and maybe even sometimes if there was blood, there wasn't going to be a penalty called. And it's probably better that they've cracked down on that a little bit. You know, you can't, uh, it's probably a good thing that you can't cross check people in the throat just because they're in front of your net. But you've got to be able to do something. You know, you got to make them a little bit uncomfortable there. You got to be able to knock them off balance a little bit. You got to be right on them. You got to pay attention. Um, don't let guys get too comfortable in front of your own net. And I, I feel like the Rangers have done that a little bit too often. That's something that I'm going to be watching closely this upcoming season is like how many goals, how many, uh, maybe sometimes not even goals because maybe Igor makes a great save, but how many opportunities are teams getting from the Ranger, you know, goal crease versus how many opportunities are the Rangers getting at the other side of the rink in their opponent's goal crease. That's going to be an interesting thing to kind of keep track of. I mean, I don't think I'm going to keep like a running tally the entire season, but I'll at least pay very close attention attention to that and have a sense of, you know, how the Rangers are doing in that department versus their opponents. But again, you got to do something to knock these guys off balance at least a little bit. 
um, you know, put a little bit of fear into them and uh, don't let them get too comfortable in front of your net. As kind of a subcategory of this one, uh, we talked about the Ranger defenseman just a second ago. How about a little bit more of a mean streak from Keandre Miller? I'm a big Miller fan. I think he's somebody that, uh, as I've called him in the past, a homegrown success story for the Rangers. We know they've swung and missed at times in the first round. Not with this guy. They, they got a good one in Keandre Miller. And, uh, you know, for three seasons into his career here, I think he's done a really nice job for this team. I say this as a big Keandre Miller fan. Uh, I do think he could have a little bit more of a mean streak, specifically in those instances where guys are setting up in front of the Ranger net. You know, Miller's a big guy, and he's out there with Jacob Truba. And obviously, Jacob Truba, uh, one of the hardest-hitting players in the league, one of the most feared hitters in the league. I'm not saying Miller has to be quite at Truba's level because very few players are in that department. Um, but let's see a little bit more of a mean streak. Like, I, I don't feel like opposing teams, when they're on the ice— is anybody like really necessarily afraid of Keandre Miller? Probably not. And, you know, Miller, again, very dynamic player. I think he's got more to add offensively. I know a lot of people want to see what he can do with Adam Fox this season. Uh, we'll see if we get that pairing at one time or another. Um, but I, I just want to see just a little bit more meanness, a little bit more nastiness from Keandre Miller this season. And again, I say this as a huge fan of Keandre Miller. Glad he got that uh, two-year extension and uh, hopefully he's a Ranger for many, many years to come because, uh, again, it, it's been tough sledding for the Rangers in the first round of drafts at times, but they got a good one here, uh, as I said, in Keandre Miller. Going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Got a couple other things that I'd like to see the Rangers do. Uh, we got one that's kind of team-specific coming up. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. And then we've also got some bold predictions to close out today's episode. We'll get to all that fun stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by... FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we just want to go ahead. Thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are going to want to stick around. As I mentioned, this is the final uh, preseason episode of Locked On New York Rangers here, where we're getting into the regular season and uh, cannot wait to uh, come back here and talk about whatever happens between the Rangers and the Sabres. Uh, going to have some fun. Game one of 82. Bring it on. Let's go. Time for some Ranger hockey. But for right now, uh, let's go ahead and keep the focus on uh, things that I just feel like the Rangers need to do better um, if they are going to be a championship team. Here's a team-specific one. It's the one I mentioned just a second ago. The Rangers need to be up for games against the New Jersey Devils. And if you watch these games between the Rangers and Devils last year, I mean, I know the Devils are a fast team, so maybe that's part of the reason why it looks like this. But it just feels like the Devils, they're out there fighting for their lives when they're playing the Rangers. You know, the Devils, they had this weird thing going on after they beat the Rangers last year in the playoffs. They were basically acting like, that made them Stanley Cup champions. And the last time I checked, they don't give the Stanley Cup to any team that just makes it out of the first round of the playoffs. If that was the case, the Rangers would have about, you know, 15 Stanley Cups in the past 30 years here. That would be awesome. It might be even be more than that. I, I would have to look it up. But uh, bottom line, the Devils, 
they're always up for the games against the Rangers. The, the Rangers need to figure out a way to match that and eclipse it. There's times where they've been caught a little bit flat-footed against this team. Um, I've talked in the past how the Rangers sometimes aren't at their sharpest in the shift that follows a goal. And we saw another example of that in the preseason. I know it's the preseason. Take it with a grain of salt. I get it. But uh, it does seem to happen where the Devils are just always right on their toes against the Rangers. And the Rangers sometimes maybe get caught a little bit flat-footed. Obviously, they lost them in the playoffs this past year. And the Devils took three out of four in the regular season. So I just want to see the Rangers play with more urgency, play with more fire, play with more energy when they're up against the New Jersey Devils. I don't think either the Rangers or the Devils are going away anytime soon. You go back as recently as, um, I, I guess now three seasons ago, the, the third most recent season, uh, both these teams were down in the dumps. I mean, they were rebuilding, and obviously they both had a plan in place. And you look at uh, the result from this past year, obviously these rebuilds have worked to an extent for both teams. Uh, they, they've gotten back to prominence, and we're in for a, a lot of uh, you know very exciting Ranger Devil games, I think. But it's only going to be fun for us. It's only going to be exciting for us if the Rangers really, really start to bring it against this team the same way that the Devils seem to always bring it when they're playing the Rangers. There's times where it feels like the Devils just wanted a little bit more than the Rangers do during this matchup. I don't think the Devils are necessarily a better team than the Rangers. I, I think it's very evenly matched, but there are times, at least, where it feels like the Devils wanted a little bit more. And like I said, it's time for the Rangers to match that and eclipse that. And hopefully, you know, a coach like Peter Laviolette, he's the guy to kind of drive home that message and, um, you know, hopefully lead the Rangers to uh, some faster starts, specifically against the Devils, but also in general. And that's the next thing that I'm talking about here in terms of uh, things the Rangers have to do to be a championship team. Faster starts. There's too many games uh, last year specifically where it was just kind of like, you know, the Rangers take the ice and the puck drops and it's kind of just like, all right, man, let, let's stick our toe in the water. Let's see how this game is going to go. Uh, what, what kind of team are we playing here? What's it going to be? No, you know what? No more of that. <laughs> you got to start dictating terms a little bit. There were times last year where I thought the Rangers you know, really played down to the competition. Uh, we talked about that really rough stretch they had in the fall. Uh, they're losing games to the Blackhawks. They're getting killed by the Blue Jackets and uh, losing to the Sharks. There were a couple other examples in there as well, uh, losing to teams. And, you know, I, I realize those are NHL teams and they're going to win some games, but there's times where the Rangers just really played down to the competition, did not look good at all. I don't know if playing a not-so-good team is just kind of like, you know, it lulls you into a false sense of security or whatever it might be. Um, but I think one way or the other, the, the Rangers have to come out flying games this season. Look, there's 82 games in the regular season. You have a flat start. Once, twice, three times in the course of 82. Okay, fine. They're human. They're not robots. I get it. You know, maybe there's a situation where they're playing their fourth game in six days and it's the second game of a back-to-back -back and they're a little bit flat. Fine. It happens. Nobody's perfect, but it, it just feels like it happened way too often last season. And um, when the Rangers do start flat, we should all be shocked by it. it that has to be the case if the Rangers are going to be a championship contending team. And last year, it got to the point when they started flat, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of par for the course. Not par for the course. That's too far. But it's not. It wasn't by any means a surprise. Anytime the Rangers got off to a bit of a slow start uh, this past season, so they definitely have to get better in that department. I'm also going to see say here, and and we're going to put this one on Chris Drury. The Rangers to be a championship team this upcoming season, they need another strong trade deadline. Uh, let me start this section here by debunking a myth, if I could. Um, every year around the trade deadline, you hear hockey fans talk about uh, a stat. I don't know the exact stat, but it's something along the lines of only 5% of the players who get traded at the trade deadline end up winning a Stanley Cup uh, in that season with their new team. And they kind of use this as like evidence, quote unquote, 
as far as why teams shouldn't mess with their lineup at all. Shouldn't try to make themselves any better because only 5% of teams that get traded or only 5% of players that get traded win the cup with their new team. I can't believe I have to explain this, but <laughs> you, you understand that there's only one Stanley Cup champion every single season, right? And that's the reason for that stat. Um, it doesn't mean that if you're a contending team, you shouldn't be looking, you shouldn't be working the phones, you shouldn't be t- calling non-contending teams and seeing if you can't add you know, a good player to your team at the trade deadline. I mean, why would you not want to do that while all the teams around you are getting better? So uh, that's first and foremost. Again, the reason for that stat is because there can only be one Stanley Cup champion every single season. So yes, most of the players traded at the deadline will in fact not win the Stanley Cup uh, that year. But I do think overall, getting back to the main point here, Chris Drury has done well at the trade deadline. I I know a lot of people are going to point to Patrick Kane and it's another thing you're in one camp or the other. He was either awesome for the Rangers or he completely ruined the team and completely crushed their Stanley Cup hopes. I tend to be somewhere in the middle there. Uh, To me, you have a chance to get an all-time great, bad hip or not, in exchange for a second-round pick, and you feel like you're a contender, to me, something you got to do. There were times, though, where I, I don't think Patrick Kane really looked like Patrick Kane, and um, that's kind of where things stand as far as I'm concerned. But you look at some of the moves he's made. You know, bringing Tarasenko, I think, was a good move. He's brought in Tyler Mott twice, who's kind of helped solidify uh, the fourth line. He's added a defenseman at the deadline in each of the past two seasons that I think improved uh, the Ranger blue line. Uh, Mikola this past year, Braun the year before that. Frank Petrano, Andrew Kopp, those guys fit like a glove when they came in. So Drury's got to have another nice trade deadline, and he's going to have to get pretty creative about it because right now the Rangers are only projected, I've seen anywhere between $3 million and $3.1 million in cap space come the trade deadline. So you can either go out there and get, you know, a pretty solid player who's somewhere around like $3 million or $3.1 million a season, or you can maybe try to find uh, two Lower paid guys, but but guys that, you know, while not superstars, uh, just add some depth to your team and can come in and, and help you in some areas that you might be lacking. Uh, that's also an option. And, you know, maybe the Rangers at some point can trade away some salary in order to get some more cap space and bring in the guys that they need to bring in. Uh, we've talked about Barkley Goodrow possibly being on the move. At this point, I think Goodrow will be with the Rangers through the whole season. And it might be tough to find any takers. Um, he's got a, a lot of years left on his contract at $3.61 million. And I like Goodrow that is a little steep for him. And I think other teams recognize that too. So uh, again, we, we talked about free agency. The Rangers weren't going to have a lot of cap space. Ditto for the trade deadline this season. Uh, Drury's going to have to get creative. And assuming the Rangers are on, are in position to buy, um, he's going to make it, he's going to have to make it count. Cause I don't think he's going to be able to bring in more than say one or two players, uh, unless he really goes bargain hunting and finds a bunch of guys making six figures. Uh, then he can maybe bring in three, but yeah, they're, 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 they got their back against the wall in terms of cap flexibility at the trade deadline. So we're going to keep everything rolling here in just a second. want to get to a couple of uh, predictions for the season. I got one on Capo Caco. I've got one about uh, Brent Othman. I've got one about Igor Shesterkin. And i uh, going to do some Stanley Cup uh, champion predictions at the end of today's episode. And we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second here. But first, got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. The Rangers have the season. Will the Rangers have the season that we have been yearning for? I absolutely love the NHL, and I know you all do too. And that's why I want to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app on the Locked On NHL Network. And it is my go-to for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. 
The NHL has never been more exciting than it is right now with studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Panarin, Makar, etc. Just pick more or less on stats for these stars on stats like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more. You heard me, Ranger fans, 100 times the payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I want to uh, wrap up today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Still can't believe it, man. Ranger hockey is here. The final uh, preseason episode of Locked On New York Rangers, and then the real thing starts, and uh, we've got real Ranger hockey to talk about, so that's going to be awesome. But for right now, let's do a couple of predictions uh, for the Rangers and then kind of uh, s- some bigger predictions for the NHL as well. Uh, I'm going to throw out one for Capo Caco here. Capo Caco this season, I've been saying he's going to break out. I'm gonna, I've been saying it's going to be his best season by a uh, pretty good margin. I'm going to say Caco gets anywhere between 55 and 60 points. I, I really wanted to say 60, but that would be a pretty enormous jump from last season. I guess I'm giving myself a little bit of a safety net here. But, you know, we've talked about how he's become a more assertive, uh, more confident player, taking advantage of uh, the, the things that he does well on the ice, the way that he can protect the puck and extend offensive zone possessions. Uh, he's a big player as well. Would love to see him uh, continue to use that to his advantage. And I think he's going to get a lot of time with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider this season. I'm going to conclude today's episode by running through the line combinations, the latest line combos at practice. I think Ranger fans are really going to like these. But to me, Kako, he's got to be out there with Mika and Kreider. I think that's going to be the Ranger top line. And who knows? Maybe they'll change this midway through the first game. But I I get the feeling that that line is going to get a lot of run this season. Kreider, uh, Mika, and Kako. And obviously, you're out there with two excellent players and two guys that have been all-star caliber players. And you're going to get some opportunities. And... I think Kako is something else that's going to help him in the points department. He's going to get some more power play time as well. He'll probably be on the second unit. Um, but even if he is, I feel like the second unit will probably get a few more opportunities this season. He'll be one of the most important players on the second unit. And naturally, that's going to lead to more points and more production uh, from Capo Kako. And it's also worth noting at practice today, uh, the Rangers were going with the big five on their uh, top power play unit. But apparently, you know, per a tweet from Vince Mercagliano, uh, Capo Caco was mixing in there for Vincent Trocek at least a little bit and getting some time on the top power play unit. So that looks like it's something the Rangers might be considering. And if Caco, if he becomes the fifth man with, with all the other, you know, star Ranger players on that top power play unit, then the sky really does, uh, indeed become the limit. By the way, I've also a little, little, uh, kind of subplot here. I've got Capo Caco scoring the first goal of the Rangers season, just kind of a gut feeling and, you know, again, he's out there with Mika and Kreider. I could see the two of them, you know, trying to feed him for a couple of opportunities uh, early in this game, uh, try to get him going in the right direction. I mean, Kreider and Mika, very established players, very selfless players. Uh, they got Kako with them. He was with them for a while last year. I could see them saying, you know, let's get it to Kako and let's get him going to start the season here. So give me Capo Kako scoring the first goal of the season as well. Another prediction and this one, uh, incidentally, also kind of involves Capo Kako here. The kid line is no more. Uh, I'm not going to say that we won't all season see Lafreniere and Hedl and Kako together on the same line. I mean, 82 games, it'll probably happen at some point. Um, But I don't think we're going to see that line with any regularity. It kind of feels like those players are are starting to graduate from that line, from being on the third line together. Philip Hedl, 
bit of a breakout season last year and, and somebody that it looks like he might be centering the Panarin line to start the season. It looks like they want Kako up there on the top line, which makes sense given the Rangers uh, situation at right wing. To me, he's just the best option. So yeah, I, I think to start the season, you might see the three of them on three different lines or you know maybe Lafreniere's with Hedl and Panarin. We'll see. But I just don't think we're going to see a whole lot of the kid line anymore. Again, I, I feel like those players have kind of graduated from that and they've... Uh, They've earned more minutes and, and a more prominent role on the team. You got to at some point just kind of say sink or swim. And like I said, I'm going to get to those line combinations in just a little bit. And uh, the, they're they're kind of they're sort of crowd pleasing line combos. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. But some more predictions here. Very specific prediction involving Brandon Offman. Brandon Offman will make his New York Ranger debut on Monday, November 27th against the Buffalo Sabres. Here's why I'm picking that game specifically. First of all, it just feels like that's the right amount of time. You know, he'll be in the AHL for a while. He'll do his thing there. And we're getting toward the end of, end of November. Uh, the, the season will be about seven weeks old at that point. And it just feels like that might be about the right time to call him up. But on top of that, you look at the schedule. On that day, again, Monday, November 27th against the Sabres, Rangers going to be playing their fourth game in six days at that point. Uh, on Wednesday, the 22nd, it's at Pittsburgh. Friday, the 24th, is at Philly at 1 p.m., the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Saturday, home against the Bruins at 1 p.m. And then finally, the game I just mentioned, home against Buffalo at 7 p.m. on Monday, the uh, the 27th there. So that's a tough stretch. You know, a lot of rivalry games. Uh, the Rangers have had some heated, nasty games with, with all those teams, the Penguins, the Flyers, the Bruins. I don't really expect much different this season. And Three games in four days or four games in six days. Take your pick. Um, you, you've got Thanksgiving in the middle there. You've got two afternoon games right after Thanksgiving. It's a very demanding and very just kind of odd stretch of the uh, the schedule there. And so playing your fourth game in six days after playing all these rivalry games, you're playing the Sabres. Um, there's not really a ton of history between the Rangers and Sabres or at least not a ton of bad blood. That's a good time to put Brandon Offman out there. It's, it's a bit of a low-pressure game. And I think with the Rangers, you know, having just played all those games against the teams I just mentioned, uh, that might be a, a point in the season where they just need a little shot of energy, a little bit of youthful exuberance in the locker room, and Brandon Offman might, might at that point just be deemed ready by the Rangers, and um, he gets caught up then. Uh, it's possible I'm also jumping the gun. Maybe they wait longer for Brandon Offman. Maybe he's up earlier. You never know for sure. But to me, you know, just trying to piece it together, look at the schedule, try to figure out when he might make his debut. Uh, that one really stood out for me. Okay, here's another prediction. Rangers have nine games in October. I'm going to say they go five, three, and one in those nine games. A uh, lot going on here. So to begin with, only two of those nine games are at home. So demanding start to the season. Got to be Road Warriors right off the bat here. They're also uh, learning a new system under a new coach. And... That's kind of the, the negative things and the reasons why you might think that they may not get the best start to the season. But the good news, it does seem to be a softer portion of the schedule. Uh, no disrespect to any of those teams, but uh, that first month there is chock full of non-playoff teams or barely playoff teams from this past season. So they're very winnable games. And I, I don't think the Rangers are going to like cruise through the month and go like eight and one, but five, three and one, I think is realistic uh, given all the circumstances that I just mentioned there. Here's one. I know a lot of people are, Curious, including myself, to see where Patrick Kane is, is going to sign. Even if you don't like Kane and you're not a big fan, you got to admit, it is an interesting uh, storyline that's ongoing uh, throughout this offseason and into the regular season here. Who is he going to sign with? I'm going to say the Buffalo Sabres. There, there's a lot of team names that you hear. You hear the Sabres, you hear the Rangers, um, the Bruins not too long ago, the Islanders. I think somebody mentioned the Avalanche at one point or another here in the offseason, probably the slower parts of the offseason. 
to me, I don't know, gut feel at this point, he's just going to go home to Buffalo. Um, somebody who's pretty much done everything in hockey, and I just get the feeling Sabres have been a team on the rise a little bit, and you know maybe he sees that as a challenge to go there to his hometown and give them a little boost and uh, end their playoff drought. So I, I don't think Kane comes back to the Rangers, although would it shock me? No, it would not. Uh, here's one that I think you guys will like. Rangers finally win more than half of their faceoff. It's been a really long time. They won 50% in 2012, 2013, but they got a lot of good faceoff guys on this team. You know, Mika Zibanejad will be probably just a little shade above 50%. Vincent Trocek's a beast on the dot. Nick Bonino's very good on the faceoff circle. Heedle struggles there, um, but I think that's enough to pull the Ranger average up over 50% in terms of, once again, uh, faceoff success rate. Here's kind of a two-for-one prediction. Uh, Eric Gustafson will sign an in-season extension with the New York Rangers, very specific here, and Zach Jones will be traded uh, before the deadline. I like Zach Jones. Um, I think he's somebody that certainly can be an NHL defenseman, but on the Rangers, I'm just not sure exactly where he fits in. It's kind of the same deal that we saw with Nils Lundqvist, and of course, Lundqvist ended up being traded. Um, you know, Zach Jones, one of his best things that he can do is quarterback a power play, and the Rangers just don't need him in that role. They've got a lot of offensive-minded defensemen uh, that can that can do that. And we've seen in the past, you know, this this last season, where the Rangers, you know, Drury will kind of pounce midseason and re-sign some of the lower-paid impending UFAs. He did that with Jimmy Vesey last year, gave him a two-year extension at just a notch over the league minimum, did the same thing for Ben Harper as well. And with Gustafson, I think he's at like 800K or 825K, um, I, I could see another situation where maybe if Gustafson, if he likes New York, uh, if he likes Peter Laviolette, which you have to think he at least somewhat likes Laviolette. Otherwise, why would he sign with the Rangers, right? There's there's other teams out there. Um, so I, I feel like he could be talked into it. And again, it's same thing with VZ. VZ's bounced all over the league and has had to sell for PTOs. Gustafson, I think one year, had to settle for a PTO. I mean, there was that stretch where he played for like seven teams in six years or something along those lines. So Kind of a similar situation that we saw with VZ last year. I could see Gustafson maybe this appealing to him. Okay, I got my contract. I'm good. I'm going to be here for a while. Uh, I like the coach. Hopefully, he likes New York. Hopefully, he's a New York kind of guy. Um, and that that happens. And of course, this only happens probably if Gustafson is playing well. And there might be some people that, you know, veteran defense and he's not that exciting. I think Gustafson's going to have a good season for this Ranger team. So we'll see how that uh, all shakes out. But if that does happen, I, I think Jones at that point kind of becomes expendable. And... I, I got to think that somewhere around the league, somebody will give you something for Jones. You know, he was drafted in the third round. Can you get a third rounder? Maybe a fourth rounder? Um, I, I could see that happening at a certain point. Um, you know, Zach Jones, unfortunately, being just gonna, kind of a casualty of there not being a spot for him, and he ended up getting dealt. Uh, here's a bold prediction for you guys as well. Igor Shesterkin wins his second Vesna in three years. There's a lot of great goalies in this league, and uh, you just never know how it's going to go. But I think with the Rangers having Peter Laviolette as their head coach, they're probably going to play a little bit more structured hockey, uh, just better defensive hockey. They, they brought in some, uh, you know, some bottom six grinder type players, you know, like Bonino, like Tyler Pitt, like Jimmy Vesey when he's out there. Uh, he fits that mold as well. I just feel like uh, Igor Sesterkin is in a good place to win another Vesna. And I'm hoping they defend better in front of him. But we also know if they don't, he can be a human highlight reel. And, you know, that'll get you some consideration for the Vesna as well. But, yeah, man, I'm expecting big things from Igor, especially when I heard that he's kind of in a better place mentally. You know, he talked about how he doesn't want to beat himself up after bad games the way that he did last season. And that being the case, I, I think Igor's just going to, I mean, he's definitely going to have a good season, but I, I think he's going to have, you know, an elite Vezna type season, uh, Igor Shesterkin this season. Uh, let's go ahead, run through some stat leaders for the Rangers. These, these are my projections to 
uh, that the players that are going to lead the team with every single stat on the Rangers. So Mika Zibanejad, he's going to lead the way with 41 goals. We'll, we'll put him at exactly half a goal per game. Panarin going to lead the team in assists with 64. Uh, Jacob Trouba is going to lead with hits because, of course, with 227, uh, give me Adam Fox for the best plus minus. I'm going to play him at plus 33. Uh, Face-off percentage, Vincent Trocek at 54.2%. And if I nail that percentage, uh, I'm probably going to have to hang him up because it, it's not going to get any better that, than that in terms of uh, me making predictions on here. Games played. So I would imagine at least a couple of players will play all 82. And I've, I've got these four players earmarked to play all 82 games this season. I got Adam Fox. I've got Keandre Miller. I've got Vincent Trocek. And Chris Kreider, first time in his career, going to play all 82 games for the Rangers. He's been close a couple of times. You know, One season with 81 and another was 79. I think there was one with 80. Um, but yeah, I got, I got those four players playing all 82 shots on goal. Mika Zibanejad with 225, uh, block shots. I'm going to say Ryan Lindgren with 119. Uh, Stephen McDonald extra effort award. This is a personal favorite of mine. I kind of want to give it to Lindgren again, but he won it last year. You know, he is the heart and soul of this team. They even introduced him as such, you know, during the ceremony and everything, but I want to mix it up a little bit, go with a different player. I'm going to go Braden Schneider, Braden Schneider for the, uh, Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. I came really close to giving this to Will Cooley, but Brayden Schneider, man, he goes out there, he plays his tail off. I think he's somebody that he almost flies under the radar a little bit with the Rangers because they have so many good defensemen. They have so many high-profile defensemen. Everybody around the league knows about Adam Fox. Um, everybody knows about Jacob Truba for all the hits that he lays on people. Keandre Miller's kind of like the, you know, the dynamic young player that, that's, you know, come up with through the Rangers system, but Brayden Schneider, man, don't sleep on him. I mean, the guy's a heck of a defenseman, and um, I think he's just going to continue to get better and better and uh, plays plays really hard, plays physical. I think he's going to add more offense this season. Give me him for the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award and team MVP, Igor Shesterkin. I've got him winning the Vezza, and if he wins the Vezza, he pretty much locks up uh, team MVP as well. We'll run through the, uh, the playoff teams here as well. I've got four teams from every division, the Pacific, in order from first to fourth. Uh, the Knights, the Kraken, the Oilers, and the Kings. Give me them in the playoffs. For the Central, Avalanche, Stars, Wild, Predators. Uh, for the Atlantic, we're going to go Panthers, Leafs, Bruins, Sabres. I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning missing the playoffs this year. I want to throw at least one really bold prediction out there. And I don't know. I, I feel like that team, they've kind of quietly gotten worse over the past couple of years here. You know, the core is still intact. The, the superstar players are still there. But they've been hemorrhaging like like quality players the past couple of off seasons here, and Vasilevsky's going to be out to start the season. So I could see them, you know, kind of spinning their wheels to start the season and possibly missing the playoffs altogether. So that's kind of my bold prediction from the bunch uh, from the Metro. I'm going Canes, Rangers, Devils, and then sadly the Penguins getting back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And for a Stanley Cup prediction, I'm not going to allow myself to pick the Rangers, and that being the case, I will say the Hurricanes over the Stars. There you go. Those are the predictions for this upcoming season. Figure we could pretty much call it there. We've already gone uh, overtime by quite a bit here, but fun episode. And again, I'm just really, really excited for the start of the regular season. I'm sure you guys are as well, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.